Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Welcome to the 149th ever show of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was the exciting endings in the NBA playoffs, headlined by the Oklahoma City Thunder versus Los Angeles Clippers, Ending in Game 5, it was uh, I was watching live late at night here at the East Coast, and it was truly incredible. You just uh, you thought the game was over, and basically that was it, and the Clips would be uh, winning that game and potentially Game 6 and on to the Western Conference Finals, but did not happen. Uh, the Thunder hit some huge shots. Chris Paul... Just simply self-destructed. There's no other way to say it. He was in the center of all of it, but they just the clips just basically gave it away. I mean, it was one of those you had to see it to believe it. Uh, of course, the now infamous call on Reggie Jackson was he fouled? Uh, probably, but it wasn't called. But it looked like the ball went off his hands. Uh, they reviewed it, gave it to, back to the Thunder, and. We all know the rest of the story. If they give it to the Clips, game over. Doc Rivers, who I watched up close and personal here in Boston for a lot of years, uh, just went crazy, both on the court, in the press conference following uh, the game, for which he was fined $25,000 by the league. He basically said uh, the Clips were robbed. I mean, really strong language, to put it mildly. And uh, so, yeah, it was fascinating, to say the least. And then uh, last night at home, Thunder beat him. Uh, Clips jumped out quickly and pretty much controlled the first half, had a you know comfortable lead pretty much throughout. And then Kevin Durant, no longer Mr. Unreliable, uh, just heated up and started draining threes. 
He hit three in just a matter of a couple of minutes, including two in a row. That changed the complexion of the game, and then the Thunder uh, were on their way. Exciting ending to the other. Uh, other series that was going on as well with uh, the Miami Heat basically recreating their Game 6 miracle win against San Antonio in the finals last year. Uh, looked very similar as Brooklyn, to their credit, controlled the game uh, for much of it and seemed in control. And then uh, Ray Allen, former Celtic, again, someone else I had the good fortune to watch up here often, uh, drained another three from the corner. Different corner this time, but nonetheless, same result. And that uh, propelled them to victory. So, we now, uh, and then Indiana, they got the job done. Don't ask me how. Uh, it was just really strange, that series with the Wizards, which leads right into my bizarre story of the week, which was really the Pacers Wizards, who basically were winning all the games on the road. Um, it just simply... You know, two games ago when the Wizard had a 30-point lead as they routed the Pacers in Indiana, uh, you know, just couldn't even believe it. And then, you know, you'd think they'd come home last night and be ready. But, you know, they uh, Pacers rose to the occasion. They're 5-1 and one on the road in the playoffs. Remarkable. Uh, including just a couple of games ago when they beat the Wizards in a bit of a a miracle victory in and of itself. Um, so, with all was said and done, and the Pacers literally defining the word bizarre uh, for the last number of months and continuing right here through the playoffs, uh, we have the final that everybody thought we would have a long, long time ago, back when the Pacers were good, which is hard to remember, like good every night, uh, and in fact, the best team in the league. But we do have the Pacers heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Pacers have that all-important, maybe, Game 7 at home. Uh, they fought for it all year. I mean, literally, since they lost Game 7 to the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals last year in Miami, they were on a mission to have the best record, home court advantage. They got it. And now, all of a sudden, they have turned in big-time clunkers, at home, fans walking out, booing them, all in the playoffs. It's just been crazy, so uh, we'll have to see how that holds. Big question will be, can they win down in Miami you know, with a 5-1 and one record? Maybe they can. Uh, switching conferences, the other conference, uh, great, great Western Conference final. The Thunder and the Spurs, the Spurs look great. All credit to them, how they've bounced back all year long and have just been rolling through these playoffs. And remember two years ago that, uh, you know, the Spurs won the first two games, and then the Thunder won the next four to knock the Spurs out. And that's the year, of course, the Thunder went to the finals, lost to the Heat. So uh, the Spurs will be on a mission. That, that should be just a great, great conference final. And if the Pacers somehow can get back to what they were from basically November through January or so, 
then we could have a great Eastern Conference final as well. So we've got the final four, and it's exciting. So can't wait for that to get rolling. Uh, the no NBA game tonight for the first time in what seems like weeks, and then last night was the first night without hockey, um, which leads to my low light of the week, which was Boston Bruin Milan Lucic bad behavior, uh, apparently threats uh, during the handshake line and the shocking, at least here in Boston, loss to the uh, Montreal Canadiens in Game Seven. Uh, it's really become a Bruins town. The Celtics aren't even in the playoffs this year. Uh, the Bruins bandwagon has been building and building over the years, certainly with the Cup, Stanley Cup win a couple of years ago. So they're just beloved would be the word I would use as far as the Bruins and the rivalry with the Canadians is simply like no other. It is so far beyond really almost any other one in sports. Uh, given the number of times they've met in the playoffs, which is like twice as many as pretty much any other two teams in any other sport. So the rivalry is just incredible. Uh, This town was ready for a big night. And, uh, you know, to say it didn't happen would be an understatement. The disappointment was just incredible, still is. And then to have, uh, and the Bruins look terrible. I mean, the Canadians earned it. All credit to them. Uh, The Bruins looked old, slow, and everybody was pretty confident, if not cocky, here in Boston. You know, Bruins hosting game seven at home. They had a 3-2 lead, scored one goal in the final two games. And so it was really, uh, really pretty incredible um, to witness. I watched in a crowded restaurant, and deflating would be an understatement. I mean, people were just stunned and, uh, you know, sad to see, but what was even sadder was, you know, Milan Lucic, uh, you know, basically breaking the code as far as the handshake line that follows every NHL series. It's like a hundred-year-old tradition. Um and, boy, it was a really, really bad look. Uh, it's got a lot of airtime up here in Boston. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is backing Lucic on this one. Uh, you know, just really um, a bad way to end the season on a couple of notes. Losing Game 7 at home, number one, to the Canadians of all teams. But then to, you know, again, break the sanctity, if you will, the sportsmanship associated with the... Uh, uh, the Stanley Cup handshake line at the end of every series was really, really uh, a bad look for Lucic in ge- specifically and certainly the Bruins in, in general. So tough to end the season, uh, you know, on that note for a team that, as I said, is really beloved. And just to close it out, we have a Game 7 tonight. Uh, L.A. Kings at Anaheim. Uh Game 7, it's appointment viewing. Need I say more? Should it go to overtime? And I'm guessing it probably will. They all seem to, especially with the Kings involved. Uh, it's as good as sports will get. And uh, the Kings are just uh, proving themselves to be that veritable team that, you know, 
they're not dead until they're really dead. You you must drive the stoke through their heart. Um because they are championship timber, having won the Stanley Cup. Certainly, they have a huge goalie edge tonight with Jonathan Quick over the rookie, who's performed admirably, but yeah, it's game seven. And uh, again, the Kings are a championship team. Uh, we have Rangers and Canadians in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Western Conference, the Hockey Final Four, will be set after tonight. Uh, the Kings, Blackhawks would be awesome. Uh, I think that's the series a lot of people really want to see because it's uh, the past two Stanley Cup champions. So how good would that be? So, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, 
A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good, John. Very well, thank you. That's good. Thank you, as always, for calling in. And uh, we last spoke after the on Friday, of course, after the first round of the draft. But I know you were down there for the rest of the draft. How was your, uh, your, your final two days there? Yeah, it was quite interesting for me, John. Uh, the second day, one of the Alabama players, Cyrus Quanjo, he had not been selected in the first round, so he stayed around, he stayed there, and I was able to interview him. And and then on Saturday, I had an exclusive interview with the Florida State football coach Jimbo Fisher, uh, which was quite interesting for the Alabama fans since Jacob Coker, the, the backup to Jameis Winston, is transferring and is expected to be the Alabama quarterback. And uh, so that was. Uh, you know, a nice thing for for folks, you know, to read about and hear hear him talk about Jacob Coker, and and then I had a recap with Phil Savage, who's the voice of Alabama football. There's the color commentary for the, on the Crimson Tide Sports Radio Network uh, team. So everything worked out fairly well. That's very exciting to say the least. And uh, and your boy AJ McCarron was drafted by the Bengals. I saw. How was that? <laughs> uh, that's exciting. Finally. <laughs> Yeah, he was a Saturday. What around five was it? Yeah, it was fifth round, and, and yeah, John, it was. Uh, I, you know, I know he wouldn't have been the, maybe the first three selections of quarterbacks, but I was surprised that eight were chosen before him. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, and I think I saw some type of uh, footage with him in a Bengals jersey. Uh, so maybe, maybe it was. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if they started their rookie camps or not, but I think I did see something, and it looked like it was at uh, Paul Brown Stadium up there. Yeah, they normally have the draftees uh, flowing into the city. That, you know, within a day or two after the press selection, plus these kind of high-profile persons. So, you know, I'm, yeah, I know he's excited about having a chance. Yeah, did you have a chance to speak with him or no? No, I didn't get a chance to speak with him, uh, John. I sure didn't, but I know this is something he's pointed to his whole life. So, And, and I think he went to a team that he, he will have an opportunity to uh, supplant the starter down the road in a few years, let's say. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it is a good situation for him. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I was hearing some chatter about uh, – AJ, where some NFL people apparently, allegedly, were saying he was a little too cocky and that may have hurt his draft stock. Are you aware of that story, I'm sure? Yes, yes. I, I had some feedback from uh, people in the NFL, and that seemed to be an issue with some of them. Uh, you know, there's that confidence that you want in your quarterback, but maybe in some of the interviews it seeped over into a little bit of arrogance, but... John, it's kind of comical that in that league where they have all the the Showtime players and all the you know gyrations that go on after touchdowns and everything else, that they're worried about the quarterback being too confident or too cocky or too arrogant. Yeah, well, the key is you know the difference between confident and cocky. Um, but you know, you and I have talked a lot of AJ over the years, and you have covered him for a while. That's never a word you used or that I ever associated with him until I heard this story, you know, I guess earlier in this week. So I, I was surprised. Yeah, it was a surprise to me that that be a, a negative thing against him. I, I would say that 
uh, where he was drafted, you know, if they had the question marks, it, it was in that league. They're looking for someone that has, you know, a dynamic, uh, you know, wheels where you can run around and the linemen are chasing you, or you have a terrific arm. And AJ has neither, so he's going to have to prove himself with his mind making the correct decisions and the audibles and getting the team into the right plays and and, and making some of the throws that maybe were. Uh, question mark in people's minds. So I don't know if it was the attitude that held him back from being drafted before those eight quarterbacks, or just his his actual grade. You know, you know his physical and uh, mental grade from the scouts. Yeah, very strange. Um, and that said, you know, just within the past hour, I actually saw a special on him uh, from about a year ago or last fall, I guess. Uh, of a relationship he has with the, uh, a young girl in a hospital and he, you know, wore her wristband, I guess, the national championship game. And lo and behold, I think they asked her to be the flower girl in his <laughs> upcoming wedding to, to, uh, Catherine Webb. Right. And that's the other side of AJ. You know, he, he's willing to go out into the public and make himself available for, uh, great causes, uh, such as that young gal, and so you know Cincinnati. He'll do fine up there, I believe. I totally agree. I think he will do fine. Um, so yeah, uh, what are, what other things about the draft stuck with you? Uh, any any other? You were there all day Saturday as well. I know you were there Friday night. All day Saturday, almost closed the place down, John. Wow! So you were there when Michael Sam was drafted. Sure was, yeah, that, and that was uh, uh, very interesting. The, cr- the crowd cheered loudly, and I think they chanted, yes, yes, yes. I really? Wow. They sure did. They sure did. And uh, you know, one thing I was going to bring up with you, John, about Michael Sams, you know, he wears that number 52, and he came out as a gay uh, person before the draft, and it brings to mind, uh, I always look back in history for some similar situation, and you know the University of Tennessee had a, a, a two-time All-American linebacker, Jackie Walker. I remember wore that number name. fifty-two, African American, came out as a, a gay player in the seventies, uh, way ahead of his time, and he was a tweener just like Michael Sam's. He he uh, was you know a great tackler, but he wasn't big enough to to play that position in the pros at around 200 pounds, but he couldn't cover well enough in the secondary as well. He's drafted by San Francisco of all teams. But he still holds the record, I think, for interceptions return and from the linebacker position with five in the NCAA. That's an incredible number. Oh, my God. Five interceptions return for touchdown in his college career? Yes, yes. So he, he was a fabulous player. And the reason I bring his name up is because it brought to mind, you know, with this Michael Sam's uh Situation it brought to mind Jackie Walker and he's up for the College Football Hall of Fame uh, this year, which will be announced May 22nd. So he's a deserved candidate, and hopefully he'll get in. But he had his issues way before anyone ever heard of Michael Sam's, and uh, so, so it's just interesting to me that this comes full circle now. With a, a, a SEC, you know, MVP type player on the defensive side being selected and. I uh, just thinking back to Jackie Walker, the two-time All-American linebacker at Tennessee. He, and he gave Alabama fits, too, John, let me tell you, when he played uh, played against them. 
Really? Now, was he on those great teams with, uh, was it Johnny Majors and people like that? Oh, he, he was on the uh, 1969 through 71. So they had some pretty good teams there. I think might have had the SEC champion, I think, maybe around 70. But he played it against Alabama in Birmingham in Legion Field in 69. Uh, there were, I think, three other African-American players. He was in that first wave that uh, entered the league, the SEC, and way before uh, USC and Alabama played in 1970, that famous Sam the Bam Cunningham game that people speak about is leading to the integration of Alabama football. But Tennessee had three or four players in 69, so that they tend to forget that moment. Right, right. Uh, I just remember that Penn State and Tennessee had some ep- ep- pretty epic battles uh, back in the day. I'm not sure if it was that 69 time frame. I tend to think it was a little later, but I remember they had a great safety, Johnny Majors, the, Bobby Majors, excuse me, who was either, I believe, the nephew of Johnny Majors, the, the famous Pitt coach who led Pitt and Tony Dorsett to the 76 National Championship. So, small world. Uh, now, does Michael Sam wear 52 in tribute to Jackie Walker? Uh, you know, I, that'd be a great question for him. I, I would wonder if he even knew of his existence. That, that would be a great question. I would love to speak to him about that. Yeah, first thing I thought of the minute you mentioned it. Yeah, and, and by the way, Jackie was the first um, African-American SEC football captain as well. Really? <clears throat> wow. Interesting interesting background, to say the least. Uh, well, uh, I tend to think these things aren't coincidences. I wouldn't be surprised if they are connected. Um, and Michael Sam, he seems to be undergoing a little bit of uh, criticism for his signing on with Oprah to do a reality show. Um, and it looks like it won't affect the Rams in any way. And it looks like the Rams have said, we, we, don't want, we all know NFL teams don't like distractions. But... Nonetheless, it sounds like the show is, uh, you know, was signed, sealed, and delivered even before the draft. Yeah, that's interesting, John, because, you know, the NFL, they have those hard-knock shows on HBO, right. so as long as they're in control, I guess it's um, okay, but it may, if an individual player wants to make some, you know, capitalize on the situation, maybe there's some objection, but... That's all he has is, is his reputation and his name, and if he can capitalize and, and not hurting anybody or, uh, you know, it's not illegal, then good for him. It is. I mean, it's his moment in the in the limelight, to be sure. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that develops. Again, sounds like it's, you know, all set, so should be uh, interesting. So we have a lot more to talk about, but... Uh, why don't we take our uh, break right now and talk a little more draft and whatnot on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of BAM Magazine. And, A.P., we are talking some draft, which you covered last week in New York City. Uh, you mentioned you had talked to Phil Savage. We are both big fans of Phil, uh, in addition to his work uh, on Alabama football. He also is uh, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, also down in Alabama. So what did Phil have to say? Yeah, yeah. Phil was um, su- surprised a little bit where uh, AJ was selected, but he, he's he's aware of, of AJ's capabilities, and uh, so that that was something that, that struck him. And and uh, but he he thought one of the best picks of the draft was, of course, CJ Mosley to the right. Baltimore Ravens. A perfect fit, smart, tough football player, low maintenance. Ozzie Newsom had spoken candidly of a need for an inside linebacker, and uh, CJ has the flexibility to move to the the will position uh, as well in the three four or four three, whichever one is being played at the time. So he thought that was a, a great pick by Ozzie. Yes, I mean of all the picks, I mean if there was one pick throughout the draft where, like, the minute I saw it, I just said, "Oh, of course, perfect." You know, it's uh, a top flight champion linebacker like C.J. Mosley going to the Baltimore Ravens defense, which is, uh, you know, they're always good. And uh, so, yeah, so that was perfect. And ha-ha Clinton Dix, he went in the first round, right? Yeah, he went the first round, John, to Green Bay at the 21, number 21 overall. And ha-ha's a good football player. Has He's a, a three-level type, uh, you know, can cover can 
come up and make the tackle and also blitz. So Phil thought Green Bay would be a good fit because there was a specific need when they lost an all-pro safety up from a couple years ago. So HaHa, you know, was going up to Green Bay. Have to get used to that cold weather. He's a Orlando, uh, uh, you know, from Orlando, so that's a little bit different weather. But he thinks he'll do fine in that system. Yes, absolutely. Um, he he will do fine, no doubt about it. So, what's the total haul for Alabama? How many players did they actually get drafted? They had eight players drafted, John, which is one off the school record of nine from last year and the year prior to that they had eight. So they had in a four year period it was thirty, which is a school record. So Nick Saban, he's uh you know, he's having that infomercial every year at this time, uh when the NFL draft comes around. So although they they don't the NCA prevented head coaches from evaluating prospects in the spring, attending the high school, you know, being on the campus. Nick Saban came up with an alternate plan. He just heads up to New York every year, and all those high school players are watching the draft. He can speak to them and gloat a little bit about the success of Alabama players being drafted high. So things always work out because Nick Saban is the master of the counter move. Yeah, and let's face it, that's the end game. If you're a high school player, I mean... You're loving the fact that you're going to college and being recruited and choosing a college, but the end game is it always will be the NFL. So for high school players thinking Alabama, you're right to connect the dots right up to New York on draft night. Uh, you, you can't put a value on that. That is the ultimate recruiting tool. It really is. Yeah, and, and Phil, he seemed to also like the selection of Kevin Norwood, the clutch wide receiver going to Seattle. Really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kevin's a real steady player. He he's he has good football speed and he, he always makes the the uh receptions when it counts most in the fourth quarter and quarterbacks can always count on him being dependable. Well, Nothing like landing with the Super Bowl champs. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's as good as it gets going from Alabama to Seattle. That's like, uh, you know, a championship lineage. So, so good for him. So, any other, uh, anything else stand out with you from the draft? I mean, I was watching Saturday afternoon for a bit, curious like everybody about Michael Sam. I mean, it looked like, you know, the crowd was a little thin, but that's what happens after three, you know, three days. It's it's inevitable. I've seen it before. But uh, was there still energy and whatnot in the building? Yeah, yeah, there was, Sean. I I think that a couple of things stood out to me. I thought St. Louis had a, a very good draft. They added uh, a great offensive tackle and, and Robinson from Auburn, and Aaron Donald on the defensive side from Pittsburgh. And uh, I thought those were two good selections. And then they added Trey Mason, the running back. So I'm I'm impressed with what the uh, what the Rams did. And you know we won't know until down the road. But initially, that's my thought. I agree. I think the Rams were the darlings of everybody in the draft. And I mean, you know, Trey Mason. Let's not forget. I mean, he was running wild for Auburn uh, at the end of the season. Uh, just a, a dominant player. It seemed like he was having, you know, every game was a 200-yard game as they headed down the stretch. Uh, 
So, yeah, and Aaron Donald from Pittsburgh, I mean, uh, truly a game wrecker, a dominant player on the field from the defensive line position. They already have a great defensive line. Michael Sam, of course, is more of a specialist pass rusher. Um, You know, there's a lot to like with St. Louis. I mean, you know, Chris Long and, uh, you know, they already have a very good defense, and uh, they're in the toughest division in football, so... That's going to be a team worth watching, to put it mildly. Yeah, and, and then, John, uh, also uh, on, on the negative side, I would have to say the University of Texas not having someone selected for the first time since 1937 had to be crushing for Texas fans. Absolutely. Um, no question about it. Uh, that was just shocking. I mean, that was one of those, you know, I couldn't believe what I was hearing when they, you know, when the draft ended and they quickly got to that subject. That, that, that's just incredible. I mean. Hey, John, when you look at that uh, situation, if it was, if Mac Brown was there a couple of years, you can say that, well, he still has not recruited, you know, had four years to recruit and replenish this, this system, you know, the, the, I mean, the roster. You know, like when Nick Saban, I think Nick Saban's second year, Alabama did not have a player selected, believe it or not. You're kidding. Did not. Wow. 2008, Holy I believe it was. Okay. And, and so, you know, that was like, you know, he when he just uh, signed on with Alabama. But Nick, but uh, Mac Brown's been there, gosh, I don't know if it was 15 to 19 years, somewhere in that range. But then to have the top five recruiting classes, Along the way, these last bunch of years, and no one selected. It's really an indictment um, of your coaching and your coaching staff. I think I, I'd have to agree with that, absolutely. And you know, speaking as a follow-up to the draft, ESPN is reporting a story today, just really in the last hour or two that I've heard it. Of you know, Johnny Manziel apparently texted the Cleveland Browns and said the quarterbacks coach and said, "Pick me," and apparently it filtered. You know. <laughs> right up through the organization, up to the owner, Jimmy Haslam, who basically said, pick this kid. Uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about what, must have, what was going on that night in the Cleveland Browns draft room. This is yet another story to add to it and, and to add to Johnny Manziel's legend, for lack of a better word. Uh, fascinating stuff, though. You know, it, it begs the question, you know, how many texts have the Browns gotten over the years? If it's true, you know, asking to be picked so they can come to Cleveland. I'm guessing not a lot. <laughs> not too many. And, <laughs> not and, too and, many. No, not very, and very few. And, John, I think the Johnny Manziel stories will continue uh, up until the uh, rubber hits the road when you see him on the field and how well he performs. Well, that's it. That's what I keep thinking to myself, you know. All the rest is just so, you know, fluff, you know. I mean, I've always said, you know, and I, I that wouldn't it be great, and I've said that on this show probably to you more than once, that, you know, what would the NFL give all these teams if they could just simply put these quarterbacks on an NFL field for the equivalent of one quarter uh, <laughs> of a real game <laughs> And then you know, you know, pretty much that quickly, whether or not you know the trick you made is worthwhile. And think of all the draft busts at quarterback who you know would not have uh, 
would not have been picked. And, you know, I know it's an impossible sounding wish list type of item, but year in, year out, you know, this is what happens. You look at these guys and, you know, they're on the field for literally a couple series, the equivalent of a quarter or less. And, you know, people like you and I know, let alone the coaches, you just say, oh, he's just not going to make it. Yeah. Or he is going to make it. Like, you just know quickly. Right. You've seen so many games and watched so many quarterbacks, John. Your, your ability to, to review and, and analyze somebody's future is, you know, has been crafted over the years. So Absolutely. It, it'd be great to have that type of laboratory. There you go, laboratory. There, there's a good word. It's just, you know, as great as the college game is, and it is great, the NFL is just different. And, you know, again, there are just uh, at least a couple of quarterbacks every year that you instantly know are not going to be, uh, you know, they're just not going to make it. And, you know, g- given where they're picked is how much they're going to bounce around, like, you know, a Tim Couch, whomever, you know, these guys are going to kick around to two, three, four different teams because every coach in the world believes they can be the one to bring out the best in these players. But it's it's unique in that regard where, you know, and it's, it's kind of true in all sports, I'm sure, you know, and it works, it works both ways. It works with, you know, you know a guy's going to be good. I'm sure when the Portland Trailblazers laid eyes on Damon Lillard, they knew within about, you know, five trips up and down the court, they had something special, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. who had heard his name, right? Right, no, no. Yeah, that quarterback, I think that quarterback position, John, is the most difficult in sports, NFL quarterback. Absolutely. No question. I, I don't even know what's second. Correct. Yeah, and I use Damon Lillard as an example because, you know, I know he's like rookie of the year. I know, you know, I was hearing a lot about him, but I hadn't seen him like many here on the East Coast. Right. And I watched like five minutes of, you know, that playoff series, and I just was like blown away. And, and that's all it took to just say, this guy is incredible. So uh, the same and even more so. And point guard, by the way, is is along the lines of quarterback, so. You know, I think that's another position that uniquely tells you whether or not a guy's going to be able to be good or make it or whatever. Yeah, it becomes self-evident as soon as you turn on the TV with a point guard as well. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, why don't we uh, take another break here? We still have a lot more to cover. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs, given we uh, inched into some basketball talk there. And... Uh, And we'll get that going on the other side of the break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, uh, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the final four in both the NBA and the NHL. We'll be getting underway this weekend. Uh, Final game tonight uh, leading up to that, of course, is the L.A. Kings and Anaheim Ducks, and uh, then we'll know, and We'll start to get some questions answered, like how's Indiana going to play against Miami and other crazy questions with what has just been a truly compelling first two rounds in both leagues uh, of the playoffs. Uh, <clears throat> just so many great games, again, in both leagues. Uh, I'm sad to see it go. I mean, we're starting to get into last night. There was no hockey for the first time in a few weeks. Tonight, there's no basketball for the first time in a few weeks. <laughs> AP, I'm already missing it. I, I like when there's like four games, two games in each league every single night. There's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah, the basketball has been incredible, John. I mean, all these close scores and coming from behind, uh, double-digit leads, evaporating, and it's, it's been terrific. It really has. Uh, one thing that, you know, I think this postseason will always be remembered for is, you know, the incredible number of four-point plays, i.e. three-point <laughs> shots where the player is fouled. And not, yeah. not your normal, not just like a regular three-pointer, like Kevin Durant falling out of bounds from the corner into the chairs and making it and being fouled. And, you know, I've heard some statistics. It's like, you know, you know triple, if not more, the number of, you know, any previous year and you know, it's one of those that always leaves you shaking your head, like, how could you possibly foul him? Of course, the the classic is just two nights ago when Chris Paul fouled Russell Westbrook, who was taking a terrible shot. There's no other way to say it. I mean, how how, how you can even, like, have a hand even near him on that? Uh, but there's been so many, you know, that stands out because it's just the most recent and was maybe the biggest one of them all. But I, I don't get it. I, I just, you know, and you would think the more there are, the that it would cause their, you know, players to just, and coaches to say, just don't even go near them, you know, at the end of a game if you're shooting a three or whatever. But yet it continues, and again, you know, the poster child of them all is going to be the Chris Paul call the other night. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, John, I, I don't understand it because you'd think they wouldn't want to be a, a highlight and they would hesitate, but it just continues. It just hasn't stopped throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I guess all I can say is, you know, and, and you can t- truly appreciate this, is, you, you know, it's just they're competitive. They don't know any other way. They can't sit there and let a guy take a three-pointer, especially if it's a potential. The other night, I think with Westbrook, yeah, he got three foul shots and canned them all, and they won the game, so they were down two. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I guess they're just incapable, which is why they're pros of standing there and, and letting somebody take, you know, an uncontested three-point shot. And with those guys, uh, you know, an uncontested three-point shot is often money. So it's just a strange phenomenon how it just all of a sudden has been so prevalent this year. It's just been weird. Oh, yeah. John, speaking of money, did, when you were watching the game last night, did you get the feeling that anytime Kevin Durant I launched a shot. It was going in. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, when he came down, he hit those two threes in a row, uh, and then followed up within a couple of minutes by a third three, and that just changed the tide of the game. And you know, it certainly makes the Mister Unreliable headline look nonsensical now. Although you could probably make the case that you know maybe that 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 might have kicked him into gear and got him going because. He was angry. He played that next game angry after that headline appeared in the Oklahoman, the Daily Oklahoman. And, uh, you know, given our background, you know, I worked in newspapers for 10 years, wrote headlines and things like that. Uh, and depending on the outcome, I mean, I actually have thought about this headline writer and, like, who is it? <laughs> and, you know, is he going to be like the Steve Bartman of Oklahoma City? <laughs> but the truth is he might be the guy that they're going to be Thanking and loving if Oklahoma City, because they're on a roll right now. They're on a serious roll. Yeah. Yeah, he might be invited to the celebration party if they win it, get his own little uh, truck to ride back, you know, in the back of the truck or something. Exactly. I, I mean, again, you know, that, uh, you know, it's just, there's a lot of copy editors writing a lot of headlines, but, you know, let's not forget that the sports editor come out in a highly unusual move and apologize for that headline, you know, the next day, which is, you, you just never see that, ever. So, can't, I can't remember it happening. No, no, it's it's literally unheard of. And uh, so, yeah, but again, the Thunder, and, you know, I am really excited about that series because, you know, two years ago, the Spurs jumped out on them when they played last time, you know, to a 2 nothing lead, and then the Thunder really just rolled right over them, four straight, uh, you know, on their way to the NBA Finals. And I always felt that that really stung the Spurs, you know, they're the, a proud organization, to put it mildly, which is what caused them to be so great last year. And, in fact, they should have won, could have won the championship, obviously, if not for Ray Allen's three-pointer and a meltdown at the end of game six. But that aside, you you know, the Spurs are back. And, boy, I've got a – and they are looking. I talk about the Thunder being on a roll. The the real team that's on a roll certainly is the Spurs. And I just think that's going to be a tremendous series. I really do. And the Spurs are not going to forget two years ago. 
No, it's I guess, I guess it's the uh, crafty veterans of the Spurs versus the highly athletic Oklahoma Thunder, it, and that matchup is always intriguing. Yeah, and you know, the more I watch Russell Westbrook, the more intriguing I find him. I mean, I just talked about his three. I mean, he, he's coming down and. He fires up a lot of shots, and a lot of times he's not even looking for Kevin Durant, and he wasn't the other night when he took that three that Chris Paul fouled him on, but he, he does remind me of he's getting more and more for me into, into Rajon Rondo territory, which is simply, you know, you can't take your eyes off the guy. And that's, a, and that's saying a lot when his, when, you know, his own teammate's Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really. But he's 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 dominating some of these games. He really is. Yeah, he, he didn't start off well last night, but things you know worked out in the end. And uh, you know that duo, they're they're pretty difficult to guard. I mean, it's tough enough guarding Durant, and you have to add you know Westbrook in that mix. It's I don't know if San Antonio has the defenders to hold them off. I know, I know, but certainly can't count San Antonio out. No. Obviously, I'm a big Spurs fan, having spent three years in a row down in San Antonio for the U.S. Army All-American Bowl during Christmas New Year's week. So, uh, you know, I, I've got a, a a pretty good handle on what the Spurs mean to that town. And uh, and so, you know, I they mean so much, as do the Thunder to Oklahoma City, by the way. So... The difference is, of course, the Spurs have four championships, so that, that, that's a love affair going on. So I think it's just going to be great, you know, great to watch. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, I like the Spurs. I've spent enough time now in San Antonio that I really, uh, I get it where the Spurs are concerned in that town. And, and it's pretty special. It really is. I, it's not unlike the Packers in Green Bay. Yeah, that similar type of relationship. It, you know, they, you know, they survived that ABA to, to join the NBA, so they have staying power, and and uh, you know, they have one of the best coaches of you know, great coach, and of course, Mister Reliable Tim Duncan. Yes, hey, Mister Reliable. I like that. Mister Reliable versus Mister Unreliable <laughs> should be interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then just as we close it out, we're under two minutes here. But, uh, yeah, the Miami Heat, they look ready. The, I mean, we got, that, we got the series we all thought we'd have, but to say it took a circuitous route to get there, certainly with the Pacers, is, uh, you know, an incredible understatement. They're, they're where they wanted to be, and I just hope that they become the team they were and we get another great series between these two teams with obviously game seven in Indiana. Yeah. Can, can Roy, Roy Hibbert stay awake every game? Yeah, I know. Cause he is, he's the central figure here and it's very simple as to why the Miami heat doesn't have anybody that can match up against him. He's so big and, if he's playing well, he, he's the difference maker in this in this matchup. So, who knows? Nobody knows what we're going to get. And anybody who says they are, you know, isn't telling the truth because nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. I, and that includes the Pacers. I mean, nobody knows. Larry Bird doesn't even know what, what to expect. No, I'm sure if he did, he'd be calling you from Las Vegas. He's that smart. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, 
the final four in the NBA set and should be fun and uh, can't wait to get it going, AP. So obviously we'll have a lot more to talk about next Friday. And thanks again for calling in and your great perspective, particularly on the draft. Thank you very much, John. My pleasure. All right. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.